0: Trust me. Anything you do, someone out there is out there right now making millions of dollars doing it worse. Okay. <laughs> How to prepare comedy for late night television. This is an Arts Academy podcast, one on one session, hosted by Dean Victor Vernato with today's student John Reynolds.
1: Hey, what's up, Victor? So, like, hey. one of my like favorite things that like I saw you post. I don't know where I saw you posted that, but like you were given like advice on like filming for uh, festival submissions. And you gave this a bit of advice where, like, an issue that I saw a lot of people had is, like, they would hire professional videographers to record their things. Right. And your advice was to use a cell phone. And the thing that was interesting about it for me is, like, you have done other things. So you have access to all the equipment, but you settled on the cell phone being the best way to do it. How did you come about that?
0: Yeah, well, uh, now for people listening, what he's uh, what John is talking about is submitting to festivals or comedy fe- comedy festivals. You're you're uh, in the stand up comedy track, is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so comedians all the time when when they want to perform at festivals or they want to perform at venues that haven't seen them before, they'll have to usually make a self tape, a tape of themselves or recording of themselves performing. The reason that I said that a phone is better than anything else. It's several. I'll, I'll, I'll try to go through them. Reason number one, uh, you get more than one shot. If you're paying people to, to record you, what's going to happen is that you're going to pay people like maybe even on the low end, like a hundred bucks to come out and record you well. But but you don't want to, re- you, you get one shot to perform and then your hundred bucks is gone. Uh, if you use a cell phone, you can record yourself over and over again at many different sets, and then you can use the best of. And it costs you less than a hundred dollars to set yourself up to be able to record with your cell phone forever. Uh, and so, reason number two is reason number two is uh, having a professional uh, comedy. Uh, recording or professional group record you uh people who are watching at festivals they don't care (laughs) they don't care that you had a and fantastic lighting and a camera with uh 13 stops of dynamic range filming you they don't care at all are you funny that's what they care about uh even if and if it's for a show then if you're for a show that's recorded then you're going to be recorded on that show they've got their own cameras they don't need you to provide them with a pristine broadcast quality tape so you're wasting your money Uh, you're wasting your money and you're also making uh the chances of you getting a good recording on tape on uh on tape harder i keep calling it tape people don't use tape anymore but i still say tape everybody says tape but just getting a record a video recording your chances of getting a a good video recording are less when you do it uh, when you when you spend all your money on one shot rather than using your phone. Uh, and just to elaborate, using your phone is fine. Uh, just use your phone, use a stand. Actually, I have one right here like this. This is a stand for a phone and it's like a little tripod stand selfie stick. It has a little thing here that you can stick your phone in. It folds up. You can put this in your back pocket and walk around with it go from set to set and then just record yourself performing over you know several times a week or whatever you want to do until you get your perfect set uh and i also suggest that people if you have the ability to also record your audio separately and uh one way is to walk around with a another recorder and record audio from the board of wherever you're performing if they have a microphone. Some places already have it set up so they will re- they can just make you an audio recording and then you can sync it up with your video uh, and then use your phone video to have recorded the last of the audience and then use the board t- so that you're, you're easy to understand. Because that's also that's one of the ma- major things about submitting a tape is that you're easy to understand. It doesn't matter if the video looks great, if the audio is good, and they can hear the last from the audience, they can understand you clearly. That's what's most important. And so uh, that's what I suggest. Also, you could you could also record your uh, yourself with a second recorder and have like a lavalier mic hooked up to your body. Um, you could either have an actual lavalier mic hooked up to a personal recorder that you stick in your pocket you could actually if you have an old phone you could use an old phone to record yourself either by sticking the phone in your breast pocket if you've got one and using the using the mic on the phone to record your voice close so that it's also easily understandable and you mix that with the other recording later or you could Uh, Take a set of headphones plug them into your old phone and use the microphone and the headphones under your shirt like near your mouth And that's another way to record yourself with pretty good audio for cheap or free And you can do it over and over again until you get your best set
1: Yeah, man, like I was really happy to hear you say that and and especially to hear you elaborate on it Uh, It was very helpful to a lot of comics down here in New Orleans. We started taking that advice and people were getting into you know festivals that they thought were well out of their range, and they realized it was the issue wasn't their material or their performance; it was their ability to transmit that to these festival submissions. Oh so yeah, thank you for that very much, man.
0: Oh, I'm I'm so glad. I it's funny. I often tell people stuff, and I rarely hear back like how it works out. i had no idea that that happened down in yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, it, helped a, it,
1: helped, it helped a bunch of people out down here.
0: I'm yeah. so happy.
1: Uh, another thing is it's so like one of the reasons like, you know, like you have this like bit of authority on the matter. Cause the thing that struck me was that at least from what I could see, like you have access to things more powerful than a cell phone, more powerful than a pocket recorder. Like I wanted to ask you about like uh you did something a few years back called the awkward comedy show with Marina Franklin.
0: Oh yeah. Marina Franklin, Hannibal Briss, uh Eric Andre, um,
1: Baron Vaughn. Yeah. And so like, I was like wondering like how did that like come about like was this something you guys did on your own initially that you guys initiated yourselves and then shopped it or was this something that like was commissioned so to speak
0: uh this was actually based on the fact that like when i first came out in stand-up i had a little bit of heat and so i was like doing things one after another and i did um one of the comedy central shows where you get a short set. And then after that, I ended up doing Conan and Jimmy Kimmel live. And then after that comedy central said, Hey, would you like to submit for a half hour? And I was like, yeah, I'd like to submit for a half hour. I submitted and they rejected me because they said that, uh, they didn't think that I was ready just yet. And I was like, and I, I felt that I was ready because I felt funnier than I, I, of course I felt funnier than they thought I was, but, (laughs) to prove my point i basically made a i made a uh, special so so i went out i went out and i watched a ton of specials i looked at what made those specials look professional and then i fi- figured out how much it would cost to make my own special i also made a special that i hadn't seen before so i wanted to give it something that was unique and so up until that point, I'd never seen something that's centered on like black comedians that were kind of like alt, like <laughs> no, that, there was nothing like that at the time. And so I, I went, I went and I, ba- I basically just asked my friends who I was hanging out with at the time. And I included Hannibal Bress, Eric Andre and Baron Vaughn. Funny thing is back then, back then all of them would open for me. And so, <laughs> and so uh, that's why, that's why in the show, I'm the closer because everybody else is like, you know,
1: up and coming. But I mean,
0: we were, we were, I thought we were similar amounts of funny, but as far as like who had the most like going on at the time, like I, w- I had a lot going on, but then I also, I also was the one who knew how to like make stuff. So I ended up producing the show. Um, and then the thing that was most important was making it look professional. And then also I thought it was important to have Marina Franklin on as a host because, she was kind of like the liaison because she's not really alt-alt. She's like, she's pretty much a straightforward comic, comic, and we're all like, every one of us is weird in our own way. Like, you know, like, I mean, Hannibal is weird, and Eric Andre is weird. <laughs> you know, everybody's weird. And so we each have like our own weird thing that we're doing, and she's like more like straightforward, just like straight up like awesome jokes. Mm-hmm. And so she was the bridge for the
1: audience for us, and so that was the whole idea behind the special wow that's awesome like so like one of the things that like i didn't know you guys were i i could have assumed that you guys were all friends before the special so like that was a question i was going to ask is like how did you decide on which comics to to roll with you on that yeah they're just all my friends (laughs) like like so that's perfect because i wanted to like i remember i was watching this interview with maybe uh keenan ivory waynes a few months ago it was right when quarantine started and he was like going through like his start and stand up in new york And then he talks about like the people he started with. And it was like, you know, it was like Jerry Seinfeld, Robert Townsend, everybody knows Robert Townsend, Uh, George Wallace and Eddie Murphy. Like they were like the guys who they used to like, there were shows that you could have went to where that Uh was the lineup. Oh yeah. It got me to thinking like, whenever I think about like uh, my favorite uh, famous or successful stand up comics, there are like three other comics who I also like who are also successful. And they all started together. And, like, I don't really know if I have a question, but, like, the idea of good comics rolling in groups, like, you know, like, like your support network as far as other comics, like, how do you how did you decide that these were your guys? Uh,
0: I mean, to put it like a pimp game recognized game. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's the truth. It's just like, you know, we were hanging together because we were all. We're all like, we're all like funny. We're all like, you know, black comedians. And we're all like doing something that was not, that was atypical, but still funny. And so we just recognized that in each other. And so that's why we hung together.
1: Did you guys meet in like New York, Chicago, somewhere else? Like, like, were you guys, which scene were you guys all in together? I believe
0: we mostly met in New York because I was in New York a lot. I mean, we. I I also lived in LA, but I believe we we all met in New York, and then, uh, and then, at the time, I think Hannibal, like he had crashed on my couch a couple of times. Like he was just like you know skirting around. He was coming in from Chicago, and yeah, New York. I think was where we congregated, and And then then, we were just like, just hanging
1: out, doing our thing. Like so, had you. Like, yeah, how like, did you see these guys perform or had you heard of these guys? Had you heard of Miss Franklin? Like, or...
0: Oh, yeah. Marina Marina and I were friends as well. Marina and I, Marina and I were friends for a while. Like, Marina and I actually started comedy together pretty much. Like, we were in the same group when we started comedy. I've actually said this a thousand times, which is... um, Not a thousand times, but a, a few... Uh, which is this, there's a lot of comics that I know that i that I hung with and that I started with and we they've gone on to be like much bigger names in comedy than I am even though we all we started together we hung together we recognized each other we're funny and it really is because I cannot stand the grind like I don't like i hate the, I hated the road and I've been on the road i I've been on the road and w- what actually when Hannibal was coming up, at one point when he was becoming super popular, it was before the whole Bill Cosby thing, he had me open for him on the road, and I just, I just don't like the road. <laughs> I'm just not a big, I'm just not a big fan of the road. I just that, and that, that, that definitely is part of like honing your skill and building your audience. Like people who do the road, however, I don't think that's necessary anymore. I think that if you're smart, you can use the internet. And actually, for the past couple of years, that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to use the internet more instead of using the road. And it's actually been working. I actually figured out that like, for instance, I can reach a lot more people. I can reach a lot more people uh spending six hours writing an excellent article or working on a an excellent cartoon than I can. I can reach a lot more people than I can like spending six hours on producing and performing in a local show, which is what a lot of people do. But I just when I realized that, oh, I could just I could just take that time and produce a good podcast and and uh produce some writing or make a video or whatever and all those steps, like that has become what my road is now.
1: Mine that is and so like I, I'm really interested, especially because you're bringing up like the your your cartoon career. It's like you have like five careers, but you've managed a way to find like synergy between them all and like mash them together. And like with the cartoon and specifically, like Like, I I can't draw, but like, I always wonder, like, how do folks like you decide when you come up with a concept, you come up with a a joke idea? How do you decide this is a cartoon? This is an article. This is for stand up or like, how do you decide that?
0: Uh, I personally don't sometimes there's there's a version the there may be a cartoon that's a version of a standup joke there that is a version of a tweet that is a version of a full more full article. I mean, there are different ways to to express things so they can they are never exactly the same, but sometimes they bleed over. I mean, sometimes something specifically works as a cartoon. Ah, uh, one of my cartoons actually blew up on a uh, in The New Yorker was something that was just like very specifically a cartoon for the New Yorker. And so that's what worked about it. And so it, it really just, it just depends. Like it, it, I, I, I think that there's no necessarily barrier between one discipline or another, as long as the message get across, gets across. I don't see a barrier.
1: I like that. Cause like you put so much thought, like, you know, I think about like somebody like me, I put so much thought into like a stand up joke and it's like it's useful other places like it's you know uh, uh, and like the idea that you might come up with something that, that you write for the new yorker maybe not the new yorker but like a cartoon that you write that you don't sell And you're like, oh, I like this. You put it out as a tweet and you go, okay, I want to explore this more. And then you end up using it in other mediums, that idea. That's amazing, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When Sometimes when I uh, write a tweet and then it gets a lot of attention, sometimes I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll take that idea and expand it and develop it into a cartoon or something like that. I do that all the time. Like tweets, I just blast out several a day. And then so sometimes something catches on. And then I can go back to that and be like, oh, what's funny about this? What can I use from this to help spur something else? Man.
1: What is this? Uh, so, like, with the cartoons, do you ever have, like, because like, I assume that you, do, do, I assume you also draw for fun, like, recreationally? Oh, of course. And so, like. But in, like fact, I, in fact,
0: the cartoons I sell are also for fun.
1: <laughs> but I was wondering, like, you ever, like, have, like, an image and then the joke, instead of it starting with the idea, it starts with the image. Where you oh, draw- absolutely. Yeah, that's- yeah,
0: sometimes I'll just draw something that I think is funny, and then I'll come up with something. Or maybe sometimes there's nothing to come up with. I have this one cartoon actually that uh, when I originally thought of it. Speaking of drawing, when I started trying to get in the New Yorker, I couldn't draw well enough to get into the New Yorker, really, or at least express my ideas the way that I wanted to express them. So I started drawing. I started forcing myself to draw every day. And then eventually that led to me eventually getting to the New Yorker because I was funny when I started, but I just wasn't expressing my ideas well enough. Uh, but, but not, but uh, there was one cartoon that I did that got rejected because it wasn't drawn well enough. It had no dialogue, but it was a cartoon where I just started up with a funny picture. It's basically a, a cartoon where it's in a pizza shop and you see there's a bunch of pizza dough stuck to the ceiling. You know how like if they throw pizzas, Mm-hmm. And then all the, all the chefs are looking up at the ceiling and, but one of the chefs has just like huge muscles. (laughs) So like, he's the one who's throwing the pizzas on the ceiling. And so, and so like, but I couldn't, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be uh, communicated just through drawing in that picture. And I wasn't able to do it exactly right, but now I can. So I'm resubmitting that cartoon. So,
1: wow. So like, that's, you, I was going to ask, did you start with uh cartooning, acting, directing, or stand up first? So I guess the cartooning came after the stand up.
0: Uh, absolutely. I haven't, I've only been really cartooning professionally for like two and a half, two and a half years. Really.
1: And you trained yourself up. And like, that's like one of the things that's like, a, I've only been doing stand up for like three years. And that's one of like the great things about, Art. Like I never thought that I would have an artistic bone in my body, and then I started doing stand up, and then maybe six months months in, something clicked where it was like, "Oh, I actually care about this," and then I could like see the improvement, and then more stunningly, I could see the improvement in the people behind me.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I just think that that's amazing that you were able to take that level of discipline and bring it to cartooning. Uh,
0: yeah. I in fact, I actually don't. I don't think of it as, um, I don't, I feel like you have a wonderful way of phrasing it, like how you think about all this stuff, but I I think about it in a, I'm not going to say a negative way, but I think about it in a way that that really fuels me, and I think it could fuel you too. And here it is, anything that you want to do, anything at all, like you want to be a great stand up. You want to be a writer? You want to be a cartoonist? Trust me, anything you do, someone out there is out there right now making millions of dollars doing it worse. Okay, <laughs> that's happening right now. <laughs> so that's when I decided. That's when I was just like, oh, I could just do what I want. I could just figure it out because I'm sure. I mean, I mean, you know that that's true. You've seen you've seen specials on TV that are. That are just garbage. I mean, you like I've someone never. is out there. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> Someone's out there making lots of money doing whatever it is you're dreaming about. Worse.
1: <laughs> That's so New York, man. That's such a New York. I, I, I'm looking at it from a New Orleans standpoint, where it's like, oh, everybody's great. We can all be great. And you're like, no, no, no. Some of these people are trash. And I
0: can get no, but but I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying we can all be great. We can all succeed. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no reason that you shouldn't su- You shouldn't be able to su- succeed because there are millionaires who are not as adept at whatever skill is that you have.
1: Wow. Wait, wait, wait. So, like, how, like, how did you prepare for? Well, one, how did you even get started on doing late night stuff? Like, you know, like the Jimmy Kimmel stuff and the Conan stuff. Like, was it just somebody discovered you? Did you submit? Did you audition? Like, how did that even? I come submitted. About? Like a
0: bar. I submit it. I, uh, I submit it uh, I to Jimmy Kimmel and Conan. I just basically asked around people who had been on it and be like, how do you submit? And then they said, well, you have to talk to this person. And I was like, okay, I find out how to talk to that person. And I would say, how do you submit? And if they wouldn't write back, it was like, no it was like no skin off my nose to like write them again eventually, because if they don't write back and they don't say don't write me or whatever, I'll just, I I would just write them again politely, but I would just be like, Hey, I wrote, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you didn't get back to me. I understand that everybody's busy. I'm going to write, I want to write, I wanted to write you again to follow up and ask you blah, blah, blah. And so I would just be concise, short. And then usually if I was polite, people would just answer me. Then I would send stuff in and then, uh, once like two months after i sent something in i got a call dang so that's how i got started
1: wait wait so like you get the call and like are they like we're gonna try and have you on a month from now we're gonna try and have you on six months from now like what how much time do you have between the call and the 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 you in front of the camera
0: it's different for every show when uh i did conan i got the call and they had me on three weeks later three with, weeks yeah with uh jimmy kim I got the call with Jimmy come alive. I, I I got the call and they had me on, I think like three months later, like two or three months later, uh, just because they said, Oh, you're good enough. And then I think at some point they I there I was on their roster and then someone canceled and they were like, they went down people and I it was my turn. And so they're like, Hey man, it's your turn. I was like, Awesome. And then uh <laughs> and then i think the jimmy kimmel was like the was a was i think i did that before i did conan i'm pretty sure and so that was like the first that was like one of the first big things that i'd done and then but before that i'd done comedy central but i didn't consider that as big even though the comedy central um i forgot what their the show was called but it was it was a show that was just like a a lineup show where they had like three or four comics within a half an hour and they would each do like eight minutes. And so that show, when I did that show, that was pretty much just, um,
1: that was, that was pretty much my start my very first time. So, and like, so I, I, that's great. You, you had been on TV before you did late night. So like, it wasn't a complete mystery to you. What was going to happen once you got there, but, I had
0: no idea what was going to happen. I mean, pre- I had been on TV before, but Comedy Central is very different than late night shows. Like it was, I mean, the only thing that was similar was I was wearing a. I I was wearing, no, I was holding a microphone and there was a camera
1: pointed at me. Other than that, everything else was different. So you get this call and they tell you you're going beyond in three weeks. Yep. How did you prepare in those three weeks? Like what did you do in those three weeks into the lead up?
0: Uh, and this is actually normal. What, what you do as a comedian is you just reach out to every show that you know, and you say, hey, I'm going to do a spot. Can I run my set on your show? And then people start booking you on everything, and you just run it and run it and run it and run it. And then when you're about a week out, usually uh, the talent liaison for that show, if you're like a newer comic, they will come out to where you're performing, and you're running in front of them. And then they'll say, do this, change that, take this out, blah, blah, blah. And then so, uh, but then you run it, the new version for them, you run it and run it and run it and run it
1: until finally, uh, you're ready to go on the show. How many, about how many times do you think you ran that first late night, uh, act, I guess you'd say, how how many times do you think you ran that in that three weeks? How many times do you think you performed that? Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure
0: I was doing it three times a night. All right three times like every night. And then as it got closer, I would do it like four or five times a night. Man, like if possible. That's well, you rem- just want to be sure, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you get on TV, you want to be sure that you're going to do it right.
1: I like that. And like, but, and then like now you're in this uh, studio audience, you're, 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 you're at the the late night venue and it's so different. Like, I imagine the people are way further away from you. Can you even hear the people laughing? Like, how? Oh, you can
0: definitely hear them laughing. They're, I mean, they're, they're not that far away from you. They're like, they're really like 35 feet. Like, those sets are actually very small. They're shot on a uh, wide angle lenses. So mm. it looks like they're bigger than they are, but the audience is actually not that far from you.
1: All right, cool. i think that's all i had man like you were anticipating a lot of these questions and that was awesome man well uh that's
0: great i'm just glad that i can answer any questions that you have i mean i hope i hope you find something that's helpful i mean it seemed like a lot of the questions that you asked you kind of like you kind of like know your way around stand up already well i don't know if i was i was very helpful to
1: me it wasn't necessarily just new information for me but like uh Especially the cartooning stuff. Uh, A lot of my friends are are on that on a similar track where they're doing stand up, and now that things are closed down, they're looking for other avenues. Right. And some of them are pretty good at it. And and I was like, oh, I'm talking to this guy. He's a you know professional cartoonist. And so I I was like, oh, let me ask some questions for them because like I think this is going to be available somewhere else later, right?
0: Yeah, it'll be available online. Like anybody can just it'll be it's a podcast, so anybody can listen to it
1: and like now this is dope that you're doing this and you're like cataloging all this information you have all this experience you have you and uh roxy and like how did you guys decide on doing this uh
0: well it was it, it was just an idea that i had and so i try like i try to have when i have an idea and i think that it's a good idea and if it keeps bugging me then i usually just start doing it and i know that's a good idea to just have a place where we can share information
1: i like it because eventually like like you're 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 recording it and you're putting it down you're putting it on wax and <laughs> somebody who starts like a year from now or somebody who starts 2 years from now most of this stuff is going to be still relevant it might not be as relevant as it was the day you recorded it but it's still going to be relevant and instead of people having to rebuild the will they can just come to the, like arts academy and is like oh let me just google let me just search and see what they say about this or, oh, absolutely the things one that aren't
0: question. okay go the ahead. things that are relevant are the things that will always always be relevant is how you work the things mm-hmm. that are the like the, the specific thing that you need to do but the but the idea and the philosophy behind working that'll always be relevant okay sorry you said yeah you one last oh, question i, just I just think we're about time yeah go ahead
1: okay uh, performing colleges do you ever do anything like that absolutely and so, like, most of your stuff, it seems like you could use on late night, like, just in general. But did you find that you had to, like, uh, change yourself a lot to do colleges and late night from what you were used to doing when you were just freewheeling with yourself by yourself?
0: Not all the time. Colleges will tell you what they want. Colleges will say, we're a PG-13 you know, co- you know, that's uh, that's the level we want to go to for this college. Or they'll say, hey, don't talk about Jesus here. Or they'll <laughs> say uh, we are, you know, anything goes or they'll say we like it dirty. Like it, they'll tell you what they want. And so <laughs> so it just depends on the colleges that you go to.
1: Well, I got to know which college said we like it dirty. I, I need to know. I
0: mean, there was there's a lot of them. A lot of colleges, <laughs> a lot of colleges are pretty much no holds barred especially if they're graduate schools, because then everybody's over 21. So then it's just like, you know, you do whatever it is you want to do.
1: So I went to Howard and one of my most memorable moments in comedy is watching a room full of 19 year olds boo Rudy Ray Moore for using the N word. (laughs) Can't use the N word at Howard. And he did it a bunch. Didn't work out for (laughs) him. That's
0: really funny.
1: But yeah man, that's, that's
0: awesome but that was rudy awesome. ray moore though what are you excited? I, I don't know who
1: booked him at howard i don't know how is <laughs> gonna work
0: out <laughs> that's really really funny <laughs> like we've got to book santa claus but he can't talk about christmas
1: <laughs> um, I not think calling body a hoe
0: uh, i just want to say uh everybody out there who's listening to this if you want to be on the show ask whatever question you want just email us we're at uh Alt Arts Academy on all social media. You can also look us up at artsacademypodcast.com. John, thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, You're awesome. I'm Victor Renato, and that is the end of the show.